If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, the protests and anger after it's decided the officers involved in the shooting of Breonna Taylor won't face charges for her death. Police and some protesters clash in Louisville, Kentucky. Breonna Taylor's lawyer says it's outrageous that only one officer is charged with wanton endangerment, but not murder or manslaughter. The Kentucky attorney general says the use of force by the other two officers was justified. Sometimes the criminal law is not adequate. Uh, to respond to a tragedy. Fauci fires back. The nation's top infectious disease doctor rebukes a senator for spreading misinformation. No, you misconstrued that, Senator, and you've done that repetitively in the past. The nation's health officials testify today and reveal 90% of Americans could still get the coronavirus. Plus, optimism for a one-dose vaccine as Johnson & Johnson begins its late-stage trial. Honoring Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Tonight, the emotional farewell begins. The young girls who were inspired to pay tribute and more than 100 of her law clerks line the steps of the Supreme Court to say goodbye. The Chief Justice memorializes a woman he called a fighter during her 27 years on the court. Ruth wanted to be an opera virtuoso but became a rock star instead. Plus, why the president says we need nine justices before the election. Heart-stopping rescue, how one trucker saved another from a burning rig with no time to spare. And a special centenarian shares a lesson on living life to the fullest. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with breaking news and a state of emergency in Louisville, Kentucky. As we come on the air, protesters and police are clashing there. The National Guard is on alert and the city is under a mandatory curfew after a grand jury decided not to indict three police officers in the shooting death of Breonna Taylor. The 26-year-old emergency room technician was shot six times in her apartment back in March by plainclothes police serving a drug warrant. Well, today, Kentucky's attorney general said two of the officers were justified when they fired the shots that killed her. Now, a third officer will face lesser charges, not for Taylor's death, but for firing shots into her neighbor's homes. The killing of Breonna Taylor gained renewed attention this summer in the wake of George Floyd's death as cries of Say Her Name became part of a nationwide movement for social justice and police reform. She's graced the cover of O Magazine, and her cause was championed by athletes and celebrities. And tonight, there is once again anger and frustration on the streets of Louisville from those who feel justice has not been done. There's a lot of new reporting to get to tonight. We've got our team of correspondents standing by. CBS's Jerika Duncan is going to lead us off tonight from Louisville. Good evening, Jerika. 
Good evening, Nora. As the news spread, the number of demonstrators here at Jefferson Park grew. You can hear them chanting right now, Black Lives Matter. Many of them said that the moment they realized that no officer was going to be charged directly with the killing of Breonna Taylor, tears were shed, voices raised. There was a wave of palpable disappointment. Immediately after the decision was announced, there was an explosion of emotion. We've been out here for over 100 plus days. This is ridiculous. You know, it's not fair. At the end of the day, like, how much is a black woman's life worth? Demonstrators took to the streets. Late this afternoon, protesters clashed with police. As the chanting continued in Louisville, 50 miles away in Frankfort, Kentucky, Attorney General Daniel Cameron said he followed the facts. Sometimes uh, the law, the criminal law, is not adequate uh, to respond to a tragedy. The grand jury concluded former officer Brett Hankison, who wildly fired 10 shots, endangered the lives of three people who were inside an apartment near Breonna Taylor's. Officers Jonathan Mattingly and Miles Cosgrove, who fired the fatal shot at Taylor, will not face state criminal charges. According to Kentucky law, the use of force by Mattingly and Cosgrove was justified to protect themselves. This justification bars us from pursuing criminal charges in Miss Brianna Taylor's death. Taylor was killed in the early morning hours of March 13th as police were executing a search warrant. Her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, says he believed the police were intruders. He fired a single shot that hit Mattingly. Police then returned fire, hitting Taylor six times. Somebody kicked in the door inside my girlfriend. Taylor's family attorney, Ben Crum, called the decision outrageous and offensive. I mean, a life cut far too short. A life pregnant with possibilities. Today's decision means no one will face state charges in Breonna Taylor's death, a fact that is fueling the crowd's response. So many that are at home right now, minding their own business, and right now our police could storm through their doors and murder them. That wanton endangerment was about her neighbors. That was not about Breonna Taylor. CBS News has learned that one officer who was charged was released tonight on $15,000 bail. Some protesters have been arrested, but this is not over. The FBI is still investigating this shooting for possible civil rights violations, but the conclusion of that investigation could take months. Nora? Jerika Duncan in Louisville tonight. Thank you, Jerika. We turn now to the coronavirus pandemic. The death toll in the U.S. climbed above 201,000 today as nearly 1,000 new deaths were reported. On Capitol Hill, top U.S. health officials told senators that they themselves would take a COVID vaccine when it's approved and that there's growing optimism that a vaccine will prove safe and effective by late this year or early next year. We get more now from CBS's Mola Lenghi. Today, the nation's top health officials in the hot seat. In the end... FDA will not authorize or approve a vaccine that we would not feel comfortable giving to our families. If I take a shot to get the vaccine, does that give me COVID? Absolutely not. That would be impossible. The head of the National Institutes of Health, Dr. Anthony Fauci, sparring with Senator Rand Paul over New York City's low test positivity rate. They are looking at the guidelines that we have put together from the task force 
of the four or five things of masks, social distancing, outdoors more than indoors, avoiding crowds, and washing hands. Or they've developed enough community immunity right. that they're no longer having the pandemic because they have enough immunity in New York City to actually stop. I challenge that, uh, Senator. I'm afraid. Because I'm afraid I, I want, please, sir, I would like to be able to do this because this happens with Senator Rand all the time. You were not listening to what the director of the CDC said, that in New York it's about 22%. If you believe 22% is herd immunity, I believe you're alone in that. As drug makers race to develop a vaccine, the FDA is expected to issue tougher standards for approval. FDA will not authorize or approve any COVID-19 vaccine before it has met the agency's rigorous expectations for safety and effectiveness. I think that's going to take us April, May, June, you know, possibly July to get the entire American public completely vaccinated. Today, Johnson & Johnson became the fourth vaccine maker to begin the final stages of trials. Their vaccine would require a single dose and not have to be stored in sub-zero temperatures, unlike other vaccines. Even if we do this so fast, it's still done very rigorous. We don't cut corners. We do what we need to do in order to show safety and efficacy. Well, new cases continue to rise now in 28 states, plus Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico. There's also an uptick here in New York City, where 20 percent of those new cases are concentrated in just four neighborhoods. Nora. Malalengi, thank you. Today, there was an emotional and moving scene that played out on the steps of the U.S. Supreme Court as thousands lined up to pay their final respects to Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. President Trump is expected to visit on Thursday, while late this afternoon, Vice President Pence and Karen Pence joined the mourners. We get more now from CBS's Jan Crawford. There was a quiet reverence as Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg arrived at the Supreme Court for the last time. Lining the steps, more than 100 former law clerks during her 27 years as a justice, helping usher their mentor into the Great Hall. All eight justices, her family, friends, paid tribute in a private ceremony. Chief Justice John Roberts mixed his remarks with affection and humor. Among the words that best describe Ruth, tough, brave, a fighter, a winner but also thoughtful, careful, compassionate, honest. When it came to opera, insightful, passionate. When it came to sports, clueless. Maureen Scalia, widow of the late Justice Antonin Scalia, known for his legendary friendship with Ginsburg and their shared love of opera, was among the mourners. She was not an opera star, but she found her stage right behind me in our courtroom. There, she won famous victories that helped move our nation closer to equal justice. And yet, still, Ruth is gone, and we grieve. Outside the court, crowds gathered in an outpouring of their own, including the president who nominated her, Bill Clinton, with his wife, Hillary. They grieved at the loss of a champion, a hero, an inspiration for generations of women. The line never shortened as people filed by, paying their respects. Justice Ginsburg will lie here in repose until tomorrow night, her former clerks standing by for the public to give thanks, her final act at the court in a life of service. Jan Crawford joins us now from the Supreme Court. And Jan, how else will the nation honor the late justice? 
Well, on Friday, she's actually going to lie in state at the U.S. Capitol, where lawmakers are going to take a pause in what already is that heated battle over her replacement. And as for her replacement, Nora, the entire Washington Republican establishment seems to be firmly behind Judge Amy Coney Barrett. But the president has not made a final decision. As of today, he was still talking about Barbara Lagoa of Florida. Nora. Jan Crawford with all those late details. Thank you, Jan. And now to the White House, where the president came to the briefing room just a short time ago to talk about coronavirus, but ended up making news on what could happen if he loses this year's election. CBS's Weijia Zhang joins us right now from the White House. Good evening, Weijia. Good evening, Nora. Tonight, President Trump refused to commit to a peaceful transfer of power, regardless of the outcome of the election. And he has repeatedly said the only way he will lose is if it is rigged. Now, he says the Supreme Court will likely have to make the final call. All this unfolding as the president cut his briefing short to take an emergency phone call. President Trump revealed why he's rushing to nominate a justice to the Supreme Court, anticipating a battle over the election results. I think this will end up in the Supreme Court, and I think it's very important that we have nine justices. The president wants Congress to confirm his pick before November 3rd. We were elected. We have a lot of time. One justice was picked in 19 days, 19 days. The monumental decision could reshape the race that was largely focused on Mr. Trump's handling of the pandemic. Is he going to walk in with a mask? At a packed rally last night, just as the U.S. death toll crossed over 200,000, President Trump made light of Joe Biden covering his face. I mean, honestly, what the hell did he spend all that money on the plastic surgery if he's going to cover it up with a mask? Seriously. The whole deal. Doctors on the Coronavirus Task Force say masks are the best protection against the virus. Face masks, these face masks, are the most important, powerful public health tool we have. But the president often rejects their views, relying instead on Dr. Scott Atlas. Mr. Trump handpicked the radiologist who has no experience with infectious diseases to be a medical advisor. Today, the White House denied a report that Dr. Deborah Burks, the coordinator of the task force, is distressed and unhappy over Atlas's influence. But CBS News has learned Burks is just one of several members of the task force who have clashed with Atlas. And we still don't know what that phone call was about that the president took. But earlier today, a New York judge ruled that his son, Eric Trump, must testify as part of an an investigation into the family's business practices sometime in the next two weeks, rejecting Mr. Trump's claims that he is too busy campaigning. Eric Trump called the probe a vendetta against his father, but said he will comply. Nora. So much news coming out of the White House. Weijia Zhang, thank you so much. The passing of Justice Ginsburg has sparked a surge in new voters. Today, the nonpartisan group Vote.org says it handled more than 40,000 new registrations in the two days after her death. That's an almost 70 percent increase over the previous weekend. Now, this comes as Joe Biden gets a surprising boost in a battleground state. Here's CBS's Ed O'Keefe. 
Joe Biden traveled to North Carolina today, fresh off picking up yet another endorsement from a prominent Republican. Let's vote for, for Joe Biden. Our this time, it's Cindy McCain, the widow of John McCain, who ran against Barack Obama and Biden in 2008. I'm not changing my registration or anything like that. But right now, I, I believe that the person in the race that's the best one that represents me is Joe Biden. McCain's husband served as the senior senator from Arizona, where a new poll today shows Biden tied with President Trump. He fired back today on Twitter, reminding followers that he's no fan of the late senator. Other polls show Biden and Mr. Trump virtually tied in the battleground states of Florida and Georgia. And as Biden tries to stay ahead, he's focusing on the economy, coronavirus and race relations, which he discussed today with black leaders and educators. We have a gigantic opportunity, a gigantic opportunity to fundamentally change the systemic racism and the systemic problems that exist in our system. He also warned that a more conservative Supreme Court could spell the end of the Affordable Care Act. Go to the American people. Some Democrats want to add seats to rebalance the Supreme Court. Biden has opposed the idea of so-called court packing, but now won't go there. Let me tell you, I'm not going to answer that question. The discussion should be about why he is moving in a direction that's totally inconsistent with what the founders wanted. Meanwhile, another big Biden backer, former President Barack Obama, is now asking Americans to send him a text message. He's eager to learn how Americans are planning to vote. Aides say that he plans to use all tools at his disposal to mobilize voters ahead of Election Day. Nora? Ed O'Keefe, thank you so much. Tonight, we're learning about a deadly grizzly bear attack in Alaska. A moose hunter was mauled to death Sunday in Alaska's Wrangell-St. Elias National Park. It's the first known death from a grizzly attack since the park was established 40 years ago. A truck driver in Iowa is being hailed as a hero for racing to rescue a fellow trucker who was trapped inside a fiery wreck. Video has surfaced from last month showing Bob Smith smashing his way into the truck to pull the driver out. Smith had previously been a crash investigator for the Iowa State Patrol, and now he can add hero to his resume. Tributes are pouring in tonight for Gail Sayers. The Chicago Bears Hall of Fame running back died today from dementia. Sayers' friendship with dying teammate Brian Piccolo inspired the 1971 movie Brian's Song, starring Billy Dee Williams and James Caan. Williams remembered Sayers today as an extraordinary human being with the kindest heart. Gail Sayers was 77 years old. I've been thinking we could all use a little inspiration. And so you're about to meet someone who's been serving it up for years. CBS's Chip Reed introduces us. The coronavirus is not Evelyn Schroeder's first pandemic. My mother told me that in 1918, everybody in the family had flu. The Spanish flu, one of the deadliest pandemics in history. You look like a model of health to me. I feel like a model of health. At 102, she's COVID-free and still playing tennis at brand-new courts at Goucher College in Maryland, named for her because she paid for them. It's beautiful. It's a dream come true. During the Depression, her family couldn't afford college, so she worked in the Goucher Registrar's office, took classes when she could, and graduated at age 44. I'm paying back because... uh, I learned so much here. At 96, Evelyn repelled down a 27-story building. For her 103rd birthday tomorrow, she's toning it down a bit. She plans to play bridge. 
I have a big wonderful time. You're living life to the fullest. That's what it's there for. <laughs> yes, it is, Evelyn, and we will try to keep up. Chipri, CBS News, Towson, Maryland. Happy birthday, Evelyn. Okay, on tomorrow's CBS Evening News, I'm really excited about this piece, how one school district uses school buses to get Wi-Fi to their students. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News, a reminder to stay positive and test negative. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's true, then you're in luck. Because, once again, Mr. Ballin Podcast, Strange, Dark, and Mysterious Stories is available everywhere you get your podcasts. Each week on the Mr. Ballin Podcast, you'll hear new stories about inexplicable encounters, shocking disappearances, true crime cases, and everything in between. Like our recent episode titled White Dust. After a middle-aged couple fail to answer their daughter's messages and calls, the daughter drives the few hours to her parents' house to check on them, But after arriving and seeing both her parents' cars in the driveway, the daughter gets an uneasy feeling and just can't stomach going inside. To hear the rest of that story and hear hundreds more stories like it, follow Mr. Ballin Podcast on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Prime members can listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music.